1: My name is Mark Stevenson from Coldessi, And uh, this is Mark Vila, uh, also from Coldessi, now, officially, yes, officially. And I've got of the Coldessi um, shirt on today and everything. But too.
0: still the mm. e-commerce maven yeah. of, uh, of Coleman & Company.
1: So uh, yeah, I actually had, um, uh, spoke with a listener, Maria, and okay. she and she had asked the question that others people ask, you know, like, oh, is it two different companies? Are you completely yeah, separate? And, right. more? and I was explaining to her that more and more we're getting into the message that uh, you know, Coldessi is, is a lot of different things, and one of them is Coleman and Company, the e-commerce store. Yeah, that's very they true. Sell supplies. So yeah. uh, you'll and hear and more the about way that.
0: and just just so you know, if you've seen the videos, you may not you may have noticed this, but the way we divide up the people between Coleman and Company and Coldessi. Um, is everyone with a with a full beard? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is we we say they're from Coleman and Company? Yeah, I think that's actually it's accurately
1: true. It's mostly true. Uh, it's mostly true. So good. Now that we've gotten that all cleared up, we yeah. can go ahead and move on let's to get, what this let's, is about. Let's not just get down to business. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get down to big business. Big business. That's that's what I want to and share. this episode, we're talking about um, thinking like a big business. Yeah. And uh, thinking like a big business. Um, it's changing the way that you think and act and run your business Um, it's the way that you learn how to adapt to changes react to growth goals having particular goals it's thinking the way that that um, a big retail store or a big restaurant or something like that would think it's very future thinking
0: yeah I did one of those uh, one of the new little mini casts about
1: about mindset. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's been published yet. No, it's going to be published soon though. We have, uh, currently there's a couple of mini casts just to, cool. as, an aside on that. Um, we're going to be doing some short versions of the podcast, uh, you know, five ten minute type of goals yeah. and uh, just focusing on very, very specific things, a lot of nitty gritty, and we'll do these separately. So there's currently two on deck to come out. So stay tuned, you'll find them in the same place where you found this.
0: Yeah, so really thinking about, um, thinking like a big business is changing your mindset about how you think about your business, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you may think about your business now, like you are a, um, you know, like you're a one person business. Yeah. Or you're a home-based business or you're a solopreneur or a mompreneur, or you know this is, this is what your business is. But once you shift how you think about it and start thinking like a big business, different things happen.
1: Yeah, because oftentimes uh, small business owners get uh, caught into a trap of um, this is the job I'm working on today, this is the job I'm working on today. And every day turns into the same day yeah. of just worrying about what the jobs you're doing are today. And if you have no jobs, then uh, you're, you're worrying you, about you where to get a job. to get a job, and you, and you and you wallow, and that's just a fact. That's true of, of everything. I've, I've had um, friends who are mechanics, yeah. you know, and and have uh, one of my really good friends is a contractor, and he does all all types of stuff for people's homes. And he uh, sometimes he'll just like I'll just see him, and he's just sitting, and he's like, man, I don't have anything going on. Right, you know, and I'm just like, well, I mean, what's the plan? What's the next big thing? Yeah, and uh, and he struggled with thinking like a bigger business, and yeah. um, but more and more he gets into it and he gets better at it. So that's what your goal is. So, so what what
0: can that do for the listeners? What can it do for somebody that's got a small custom t shirt shop or embroidery shop mm-hmm. if they start thinking like a big business? What so,
1: can um, what some of the things you can expect are that. Um, Everything becomes standardized in like very in in a very professional way. So the way that you're invoicing and sending out sales orders and accepting payments, you know, it's very professional. You don't you are going to forget doing things less often because you've got a procedure for everything. You're probably going to make more money because you're managing your business better. You understand your finances better. You're understanding uh, your debt and income, yeah outcome, so, you know? so that's a
0: good point I hadn't thought about that when when you're a big business you're really not managing your business from your checkbook mm-hmm. you know what I mean you're yeah. not you're not thinking about like what I need to accomplish this week or how much money I made today you're thinking about okay what do I need to do to get here yeah by next quarter by next year by five years from
1: now yeah a uh a business for for example if you're a a big apparel shop and you have a a storefront where people are walking in yeah you know um, that to thinking like a bigger business there would say i'd love for this to be a franchise style business where i've got one in every mall in town so how am i going to get there you know first of all i have to understand how profitable this store is because maybe i'm going to want to have some people invest right or i have to understand how much money I'm going to need to open up another location, and how long it's going to take for that location to be profitable? So I can, so I have to know all the money I yeah. have to have. How am I going to get there? Do I have to right. cut costs? Do I have to save more, spend less? Yeah, it's um, it, that, all that.
0: That reminds me of kind of. So if you're a home-based business, and you are, you're thinking that you know, okay, let's say you do three to five thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's your income. It's not bad. Yeah, for a side hustle are you doing business like you do $10,000 a month or like you do $100,000 a month. Mm-hmm. You know there are things that you're going to think about differently. A $5,000 a month business is going to think about their whole business differently than a $100,000 a month business. Yeah. You can't you can't run down to Walmart to pick up some extra supplies if you're a $100,000 a month business. Yeah. You know you can't um, last minute order things from Coleman and Company under overnight. You can't run your business that way. You know, if you plan on doing a thousand shirts a month instead of a hundred shirts.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I agree hundred percent. Okay. That's, you're having to get yourself in a mindset so you can grow, so you can scale up and um, get bigger, get bigger customers. I mean, all of these things, it's a domino effect of things. So let's just go into our list of things that we've got here and what they are. These are actual action items that you can do. And chances are, if you're listening to this, um, you can do one of these things better, if not all of them. So let's start going through some of them. I
0: agree. I mean, the first one is, um, can you, can you use technology better, Mm -hmm. right? Can um, Can you upgrade your systems better so you can do things faster? So that's one thing that a, com- a company like um Koldesi is looking at all the time, you know, are we using the best customer resource management software? Are we using the best email software, mm-hmm. which we're going through changes right now? Is the e-commerce software that we are using right now for Coleman and Company is that going to last us into the future? Yeah. You know, is your website or your sales practices, you know, are is are they technology enabled enough to handle two times, three times, or 10 times the business. Yeah,
1: a good scale, and this is about like scalability. So being able to do twice as much, four times as much, you know, 16 times as much type of a thing. So if you're managing your books right now out of handwritten receipts or out of Excel and Excel spreadsheets, and that's literally how you're keeping track of every yeah. order is an Excel spreadsheet and everything is done there. That's might be fine for now. That might be fine for when you're doing 10 orders a month. Right. You know, um, now what happens if you do a hundred? Imagine yourself managing it then. What if you get to a yeah. thousand, you know, then it's, it, basically becomes almost impossible then. It's a ton of work. And then being able to go backwards on that, like, okay, now I wanna get QuickBooks or FreshBooks or one of these things, and you hand these people, you know, uh, just a 300-page Excel document of all your orders, it's gonna be a ton of money to get that data in. You're gonna have to start fresh, it's gonna be a mess. So while you're small, think big. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And the, the point is that not only will you be better prepared
0: for when you do get big, mm-hmm. and I think you'll be more likely to get bigger. Yes, is um, you're going to to get the efficiencies that a big company has in your company now. Mm-hmm. So everything you do, you'll just it'll just make you more profitable. It'll make the jobs go faster. It, ma- it will make your your customer interactions be smoother. Every part of your business is going to work better. Because you know, if you operate your business like a McDonald's does, then the procedures, the pieces and parts, the accounting,
1: taking the money—it all works well every single time that you do it. Yeah, you and you—you uh, you definitely perc- using technology will give automatically some perceived value in doing business with you. Yeah. So um, if if the way you do business now or your competition is. Hey, here's my job. Here's the job. Here's the quote. Okay, it's going to be three hundred dollars. Yeah, you can give me cash. You can write me a check, Um, or maybe you can Venmo me the money. Right. You know, like that. Say that for some reason. um, This is, and that's actually how I got my haircut last time. Is Venmo? Yeah. 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 They said we do cash, credit card, Venmo. You know, I was like, I'll I'll Venmo it just for fun. Yeah. Um, And I put a little. Haircut emoji as the reason. For the name <laughs> was. Um, By the way, Venmo that. Venmo is the
0: PayPal
1: of the bearded generation. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's like social media money. Yeah. Um, so, um, but anyway, um, talking about that, with, versus you've got say um, a, an invoicing type of a software like QuickBooks or FreshBooks yeah. or one of these. There's a bunch of them out there, um, or or something that's built into your e-commerce store, then at that point in time, you're sending somebody an invoice. It's a professional invoice with all your information. Right on it from their mobile device or their desktop, they can click pay. When yeah. they click pay, it brings up to the payment options right on their yeah, phone. Yeah, I love that. Um, maybe that. Maybe the what you have accepts um, PayPal or Apple Pay or Venmo or one of these things as well. And right in their device, they just click a button and it recognizes their face or their passcode and boom, they're paid. That experience is really nice. Yeah. And it, it, yes, it's gonna cost you a bit more right. than if you were to just take cash only, you know, cause you're gonna yeah. pay a few percent to that. But it was really convenient and made it really easy to pay versus if you say I have to pay via check or cash. Now, like,
0: now you're going to the bank. Yeah. You're making manual entries. Heck, I've even started to deal with uh, some CRM, some of the customer resource management softwares mm-hmm. that you can do the proposal, you can send it to somebody, they can approve it as in the artwork and then, if you've got a deposit, you can set the percentage, and they can pay that yep. as well. So, you know, just these—that's thinking like a big business. Yeah, you know, a big business wants to uh, wants to make it easy for you to give them money. Yep, and that's basically what what you can do and make that change.
1: Yeah, so that's that's you know, technology is not just about um, apps and software. Right, and it's, all it's stuff operations like that. too. It's, it's actually the, making. Yeah, stuff. it's 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 so the embroidery machine you're using the uh, printer that you're using, whatever it might be, all of that is part of your technology too. And embracing that to think like a big business. So I love the all-in-one hooper. Yeah, the all-in-one hooper is something that I wrote down. Um, If you're an embroiderer, basically what that is, is it's a device that you put a shirt on it and you can pop pop a hoop in there. Basically, you get the embroidery in the same place every time, straight every time. As opposed
0: to manual hooping, which is a little bit longer, takes a little bit longer. Yeah, and you do it
1: on a table and you visually see it differently. Um, It typically takes longer and typically you are more likely to make a mistake, especially if you haven't been doing this for 15 years.
0: Yeah, and I will tell you, if you walk into a really large embroidery shop, Mm -hmm there's a 90% chance they have a hooping device or 10 in that shop. So if if you're in embroidery and you are thinking like a big embroidery business, Mm -hmm. then think about if you had, you know, 20 single heads, you know, and you were doing a 1000 piece order, you know, do you want to sit there with your embroidery buddy ruler and try to line up each individual shirt. Yeah, of and using a marking you chalk, uh, you yeah. know,
1: constantly and lining mm-hmm. it, and is it straight? That's hard to do. So building it using technology to build that system is great. Um, and the same can be said of like a pre-treat machine for yeah pre-treat for machine. You know, there there's small a heat changes, press. a better
0: heat press that works. Mm-hmm faster, more efficiently. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. So these are these are all different things you could do, but you need to embrace technology the way that a big business would embrace technology, meaning you're always looking for something that's going to make you work faster, more efficient, less mistakes. Uh, technology even is just using your phone, the calendar in your phone yeah. for reminders. Yeah. So if somebody says, yeah, call me on Tuesday, right then and there, this is something I do when I go to the doctor office even, right? Yep. Right when they tell me the appointment, I. Hit Add no appointment time, date, save, alert me the day before, alert me the day of, save, and then when you're busy and you're running around and the you know they sent the wrong shirts to you from yeah. the from the t-shirt uh, you know manufacturer, they sent you the wrong color, and now you're scrambling and you're trying to get the new stuff done and all this, that appointment is still supposed to be happening in an hour, but yeah. you're not thinking about it. technology kind of gives you a little slap and says says, hey in an hour you're supposed to call this person and then so then you know to do that and you get it done and relying on um you know sticky uh, notes sticky notes and and notepads a scrum board um, uh, a book an appointment book those are all great and every and you use those tools yeah. For, for you, for the right things. But the notebook is never going to jump off of the desk yeah. and throw itself at and, you and like it's your not, phone would. And,
0: and it, it's not conducive to, uh, you know, the customer has no idea that's happening. Yeah. You know, so um, I even uh, brought it up before. I think it's Lori Consoli mm-hmm. um, uses an app for her business that's designed for like, um, uh, for restaurants to tell you your table is ready. You know, oh, okay. So like you take a reservation like you know the you place your order, it should be ready by then, I'll send you a notification when it's you know, the mm-hmm. next day or yeah. something like that. So, you know, the the idea is that the order and the process and the customer notification that it's ready are all automatic. Yeah. You know, so you're doing your work if you're using a system like that, you're just making shirts, updating things, and the customer shows up when it's time. You hand them the shirts, you take the money. Mm-hmm. If they haven't paid yet, yeah, you know, and then you move on. So th- there's big a ton of stuff, stuff yeah.
1: in technology. So think about it in equipment. Think about it in software. How you take payments? There's a ton of that. Um, before we go down here, though, yeah, we had made an, uh, I made another note up here. That's a, a higher level thought that I want to make sure is the first thing that we that we make sure people know is that okay. big businesses think strategically. Yeah, always. And we kind of alluded to some of it and mentioned it before, but they're not making decisions just on that order. They're making decisions for those long-term business decisions. So um, uh, we've talked about an example before about a company who offered a food delivery service for animals and we saw them at, I'm trying to remember where we went, but we went to an event and there was, it was basically an event that sounded like it was gonna be a motivational thing, but it was really just a guy selling a book.
0: Oh and, yeah, <laughs> shock,
1: that well, and, and, so was a shock. And, um, and he talked about this food delivery service and yeah. he knew how much it would cost to get a customer. Yeah, that's buying and, customers. And it was the same amount of, uh, of money that he would have earned, in fact, a little bit more. So he was losing money for every new customer he got. However, they'd done some predictions and guesses and knew some information um, by doing some research that they were probably, probably going to get a lot more business from those people. That's and a great be profitable. Point. that's a great point. So um, an example that we had was, we've been doing some experimenting with uh, good and bad digitizing lately. Yeah. So we did, we have this firefighter logo that we did and we sent it through a really cheap company and through a premium service. Right. And uh, obviously <laughs> 10 times the price cost, right? right. I mean, you know, um, and that's a fact with yeah. you know, cheap, cheap versus not good. And the quality different was, st- difference was staggering. I mean, seriously, I, we've got to put a picture or something yeah. in the show notes because it's amazing. Yeah. If you're listening to the podcast often, or this is the first one or whatever it might be, um, you'll find out about that soon because we're putting together a video yep. about all that stuff. But the point being is thinking like a big business would say, I've got an opportunity to get a job with the fire chief. Right. Okay. Um, they have a special uniform thing that they want made, something happened with the last embroiderer, I've got the opportunity. Yeah. Gosh, a small business would say, he's paying me 200 for this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If I use that expensive digitizing service, I'm not gonna make any money, right? right? Which is a fair thought to have, Okay. Um, right? But if you get this fire chief, to, and you impress the fire chief. What are the chances of the ripple effect that's going to have on your business? Right. So a big, a bigger business might say, I don't care that we're losing money on this job. We're getting the fricking fire department as a contract. Like, yeah. You know, like we're they're, they do tons of stuff. Right. They're, they have to have you know they have dress uniforms and they have things that they wear out and they have all different types of things, and they're connected people too. That I, man, I think what you just said was is that
0: a small business is going to look at this one job and spend $15 on average or below average digitizing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're gonna do that because they're only thinking about this one job. Yeah, A big business is gonna say, I'll spend up to a couple of hundred bucks for this digitizing because I want it to be perfect because there are 900 firemen yeah. and the contract could last year over year for five or 10 years. That's the difference right there. Yeah. And then it doesn't really matter how much the digitizing costs because if you're gonna sell 10,000 garments or a thousand garments or a hundred garments, the extra few pennies each is not gonna make a difference.
1: Yes, yeah. And you know? and and then there's all the, what we talked about before about the value of customers, the referral business that you get, the yes. word of mouth, like it ripples out. So in that thinking strategically, Um, You need to think about that in everything, every other point that we're making down here because using technology is like that too. Thinking strategically about your technology. Do I really wanna spend an extra few percent so people can pay with their Apple Pay and PayPal? Yeah. And the answer is probably yes. You wanna make it easy for them. Right. I know it costs you a little bit more, but the strategic thought would be I wanna to get to the point where I can have a couple of salespeople maybe, and they can right. be out there, and they can create an invoice mobily, get paid on it, and we can start doing the job. Yeah,
0: and I mean, it, should, I, should I add another better heat press to my business, mm-hmm. which is going to speed up my production two times, it's not gonna make me any more money this month, but over the next six months or a year it's gonna make me a crap load
1: of money. Yep. But know, especially when half. you can deliver a job faster, when you don't have to say no. And yeah. when, uh, when you're not overbooking yourself. That's a problem with uh, with a business like ours, uh, in this industry. And yep. it's the same with um, any other service based business, right? A restaurant only has so many seats. Right. A you know, a plumber only has so many hands and a, tr- and a truck. Yeah, You know, a mechanic only has, you know, so much room to work with in their shop. And the only way to grow is to expand that. So use technology and figure out different ways for you to expand it, whether it be equipment, software, or whatever it is. So yeah. we can move on to the next one. Uh, which is maintenance and standard
0: operating procedures. Yeah. Now I like this idea of SOP um, because uh, it's, it's helped us even in the marketing department at at Koldesi.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we have some standard operating procedures before we place an ad with an e-newsletter, before we um, do a new video, before we launch a new marketing campaign. There are steps it goes through and there are people that are in charge, that are in charge of each one of those steps. Mm-hmm. And the value there is just like when you hire somebody new at McDonald's. You know, they may or may not know what they're doing. They may have a good day or a bad day but the procedures are in place to make up for all that. And it should be the same for you. I can't spell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't spell and I technology. write really fast, I use technology <laughs> for that. Um, but yeah. that, that also applies when you go into um, doing mag- regular maintenance, which costs you time now, but mm-hmm. saves you dollars later.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of the maintenance standard standard operating procedure. This is a great exercise that you can do about thinking like a big business. That um, chances are you don't do this because I talk to um, equipment technicians and trainers, and they tell me we all know time, you don't, don't do this. this. No, you don't this. do this. So, uh, but the few that do never have a problem. We never, so, right, we never hear from them. Here, yeah, here's how, here's what you could do. So here's my little list, right? You have um, a standard operating procedure for everything that you will write down, Yeah. All right? This is something that you write down or type out, and um, I recommend posting it by your equipment. So mm-hmm. printing it and putting it on your equipment, next to your equipment, whatever it is. And it's a pre pre-job prep list. Okay. So what do you have to do for your equipment before? You do it, right? Uh, no matter what you have, there's some sort of pre-job prep list you the have to do. Oil your embroidery machine. Oil your embroidery uh, machine. Um, nozzle check your DTG printer. Yep. Um, it, same uh, thing with same, UV printer. Yes, Yes. same thing with UV. Uh, your heat press, make sure it's calibrated. Make sure your platen's warmed up if it needs to. And clean. And clean. Make sure it's on, it's heated up. Yep. You know all these things. So everything you're going to do, you have your pre-work. Uh, if you have a cutter, you're going to make sure that your blade and everything is set to cut for the material that you're going to be working with. On right, because
0: you don't want to be eight feet into a roll of vinyl before you realize it hasn't cut.
1: You yes, yeah. yeah, or it's cut all the way through and you've yes, destroyed your blade destroyed and everything. It. So you've got pre-job preparation. Yeah. Then you've got um, post job cleanup. Yeah, I'll I'll
0: tell you I love pre-treat machines for direct to garment printers, mm-hmm. but pre-treat is basically uh, salt water, salt water, and magic chemicals. <laughs> that if you if you leave it sit inside the nozzles and inside the machine itself, then it'll it'll rust it out. It'll cause damage. It'll not spray properly. And that'll cost you a lot of money down the road. But if after you're done with a job, you go through the two second cleaning procedures, you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, and the uh, an embroidery machine example would be, you know, you take your bobbin out, you clean out your rotary hook yep. with air, um, and you prep it up and get it ready to go for the next job. Yep. Um, then you've got, uh, so every machine has the same thing, right? Um, you make sure you have your shutdown procedures. Then you've got your daily maintenance for all of your equipment. And this uh, these are all checklists right. that you have. So you have a daily maintenance checklist. So what am I gonna do to my DTG printer every day? Yep. Some things are gonna be easier than others, right? If you've got a digital heat effects printer, you're not really doing much to the printer. You just blow it off. <laughs> yeah. just, but, but it could just be, um, keep the area around it clean. Maybe yeah. it could be your note. It could be just check your toner levels. Yeah, You know, that you're always just constantly just taking a look. That looks good, Area is clean. You make sure the paper trays are all in and right and clean, you, no all of jams. these things, yeah. And then you, same thing with your heat press. You make sure it's clean. You make sure no transfers got stuck to it. That you you make turn sure it off at night. You turn that it, you it turn off, it on. all that. Um, and then the same thing if you have if you have weekly, monthly, quarterly maintenance <clears throat> cycles. Yeah,
0: and you're, you're going to. And sometimes, you know, we, we say daily and weekly, but, you know, for example, the maintenance schedule for an embroidery machine depends on how long you've been running it. Yep. You know, um, for a DTG printer, uh, there's some flexibility there, but the best practices are actually already taped to the, fr- to the top of mm-hmm. every
1: DTG M2, yeah. anyway. Um, so I, I made it, the thing that I thought about is if you go to a restroom, and they have the sign in the restroom yes. of the cleaning. And typically it lists like different things they do mop the floor, clean toilets, things. And then like they have that. signatures next and to it. And there's signatures next to us and it has time slots. Ten AM, yeah. four PM, ten AM, four P. M. and they sign off on it. This could be this is how a big business is thinking about it. And you could do the same thing for your even if it's just you. Yeah. You wake up, you do your your daily, your weekly maintenance, and you sign off on it. Um, it's not that much different than an app that reminds you to take your pills or using right. a pill bottle thing. Yep. Or you, I know I took Monday, yeah, you yeah. Know, um, so you don't forget. And having these standard oper- operating procedures will really help you out because you're going to forget. And the one time that you forget to do you know, the, something with your maintenance or, yeah. cap, or cap your GTG printer or turn off your heat press, you know, occurred, it could turn into something that can cost you a lot of money.
0: And this, this isn't just us, once again, trying to get you guys to do maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> um, this really is thinking about a business, uh, a, like a big business. Imagine a, a Ford a car assembly line and the amount of maintenance that they go through to keep it running on a yeah. daily and hourly basis and the disaster that happens if they don't. You know, it, it costs millions of dollars to shut down a line like that. You may not lose millions of dollars if, you, um, if your head gets clogged on your DTG printer, mm-hmm. or if you ruin a shirt because there was uh, something on your heat press, but the, but the scale is, is there. Yeah. It's gonna ruin your freaking day, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> so, so like they a big business doesn't forget that stuff. They mm-hmm. have the checklist. Yep. Even though for the one in the bathroom, I want to. I'm going to bring a grease pencil. Right, liar. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> it depends what store you're in. It's true. Uh, so th- it's important you have maintenance and and overall standard operating procedures. Um, you should also have supply. Uh, per, uh, standard operating procedure.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Same thing. I like, I actually kind of like the idea of thinking of yourself like a clothing manufacturer, mm-hmm. Okay. You, you know what I mean? You, because that's what you're doing. Yeah. It's a creative, smaller scale process, but you're a clothing manufacturer and um, you need to make sure that you have the right inventory of the parts it takes to make the clothes. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's that? That is the blanks, blank yeah. garments, it's the supplies to run your printer and your embroidery machine, and it's all the maintenance stuff that you need to do those things.
1: Yeah, it's so it's it's ink, it's oil, it's cleaning supplies, yes. it's it's vinyl, um, it's paper, and I you know I help to run an e-commerce store here. Yeah, and if. And statistically, a lot of people come here and they overnight things that they should have. Yeah. Okay. And it's just frankly, you should just have it. Um, Overnighting a bobbin case, a single bobbin case. Yes. You know, um, you should never need just one bobbin case. You know, it's a yeah, that's an embroidery part. You know, it's an inexpensive part. They, It's something that if you just drop it real quick, you handle it a lot, yep. and you've got oil on your fingers when you're handling it probably, the likelihood of you dropping it and damaging it, it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, so having one. Yeah. And then you just overnight one, Right, like, you should have bought two or three. That's, that's a mistake, you know. So these are different things. So the the supplies are any consumable things. DTG, you should have an emergency kit that yeah. you own just in case you know um, any of those parts go bad when you're in production. Um, and these are all things you have, but we see people overnighting things all the time, which means that more than likely, most of those people weren't maintaining proper inventory and they weren't projecting for what could happen in the and future. They're, they're
0: thinking about what's happening right now, thinking what's, what's, happening what's happening today.
1: Now. McDonald's never runs out of wrappers for hamburgers. Yeah, but their, ice, their ice cream machine's always broken. Is still, <laughs> that's repair and maintenance. Uh, that is true, I don't think I've ever... Uh, no,
0: of course not. What are they gonna do, hand you hamburgers? Yeah. No, because they know what
1: kind of money is on the line. Yeah. You should be the same way. Yeah. So, and this is how a retail store runs, right? If you go to your grocery store, um, now it doesn't mean that all these places are perfect, right? Because- Or, somebody, us. Yeah, or some, us. Yeah. Or us. Because somebody could devil's advocate out there and say, well, you know, you ran out of this before, or I went to the grocery store and they were out of milk the other day. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be hiccups and there's always going to be things you can't predict. You know, there's so many things in the market. All of a sudden you're just going to get two rush orders in a row that just suck up up All your ink, and you normally are good, yeah, but now you've got to rush an overnight ink. And I know some of those overnights are legitimate spikes, you sure shouldn't predict, um, but many of them are predictable. So, you want to think about the grocery store this time of the year, they're loaded up on pumpkin spice stuff, yes, you know, and in Florida, they're loaded up on water, <laughs> yeah, and on water, that's true, it's hurricane stuff, yeah, um, so. I know, like, so Mark Stevenson, every time this time of the year, he is just going to the store and he's loading up on pumpkin stife. Pumpkin spice You know, spice I, I, really, coffee. I really so I love flavored yeah, coffee, He's like Mark Villa loves close-up magic. <laughs> yeah, so he's a loaded, loaded up on that stuff. But the grocery store knows that there's just gonna be a spike, and people are gonna be making pumpkin pies, people yeah. are gonna be making pumpkin desserts, it's just a thing. So you go to the grocery store, and there are just shelves upon shelves of pumpkin stuff going yeah. on. They prepared for this, they know it's happening, yep. they're prepared for it, you do the same thing. If you know that when school season starts, you're gonna be using up a bunch of white vinyl, Yeah. and then before it starts, have your inventory ready to go and try- use last year if you have a year before to predict it. Yep. If you don't and it's new, you're just gonna to have to guess. Yeah. Say in the summer I made, you know, I did you know, 200 orders in the summer, fall is a lot busier i'm going to prepare for 300 orders and
0: if this is your first year with a school you're going to you're going to ask them sure well, you know what what do those orders look like so i can be prepared yeah and you know if you if for some reason you don't have the cash to get those supplies right now and you know that deal is coming yeah like a big business you can budget for it maybe order an extra roll every time you order your regular order. Mm-hmm. And by the time season hits, you've got a nice stash of the vinyl that you're gonna
1: want. Yeah, so it's it's really important to have inventory checking procedures. Yeah. So that's kind of similar to the maintenance checklist. It might even be, you can combine these things. Yeah. Check ink levels. You know, check ink inventory, um, have a mark that you put on every bottle that once it gets to this line, yeah, you reorder. And you here,
0: here's what I'd be happy with. I'd be happy if you guys knew how many, how much of each of your inventoried supplies that you should have at the, on the shelf at any given time. Mm-hmm. Like if you determine that over the next certain period of time, you're going to need two liters of white. I'd love to see that written down somewhere. Oh, yeah. And part of your weekly checklist. I got one and a half liters of white. I'm going to order another one because by the time it comes in,
1: I'll have used that. I'll have that used app. it. Yeah. So,
0: and that will that will make up for a lot of other things.
1: Yeah, it really will. So, so on supplies, we've talked about this plenty of times in the podcast. This is one of the biggest mistakes people make, where they have to order a tiny little quantity to fulfill something that costs them more money. They have to overnight things. Um, they don't have it, and therefore they can't fulfill the job, and then they can't take the job. Yeah, and the customer has to go somewhere else. So, having maintenance and and, and supply standard operating procedures are are really important. Yeah. So um, next one we have is making brand-based decisions. Yeah, what did you what did you mean by that? So um, when, if you're thinking like uh, a person, like a, like an individual, okay. you make decisions kind of just on what you feel like doing. You don't say, um, I just wear a shirt because you want to wear it, yes. right? You don't say, well, I don't wear blue shirts. You right. know, um, my own, uh, every shirt that I have has to have you know a certain type of collar on it, yeah. right? Because because as people, we really don't have we don't brand ourselves that way. Typically. I, I I feel like you've called
0: something out there because because you don't wear blue, but you do <laughs> you are wearing red right now.
1: <laughs> I, Different parts of the country, that's going to get you in trouble. Well, right? we're we're blue and red right now. I know. Interesting. I know. Yeah. East Coast, yeah, West Coast. I'm going to make a note. Um, so so, but if you're a brand, you actually do. Have those things that you should be, yeah, you should be talking yeah. about and thinking about. So you should be thinking about the colors that you use in your branding. Yep. So if you're making an invoice and you're and or you're making some letterhead or you're making an ad that you're gonna put out in a lo- local penny saver, which is Mark's favorite way of yeah, advertising. it is. It is. Um, any of these things, you want to think about your branding, the way you answer your phone, the way you answer emails, yeah. any type of letterhead, your business cards. You want your business cards and your website and your Facebook page and the logo and the type of shirt you're wearing to all feel like they're a cohesive unit. Yeah, and, a part of the same club. And
0: honestly, that goes for you personally too. Yeah. You know, um, the, if you're if you offer a schizophrenic approach to who you are okay. in your business, mm-hmm. then um, then it's going to be jarring for your customers. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're Miss Millie's Home Embroidery, um, and you deliver, you know, your products on the back of a Harley, okay. <laughs> right you That's, know i mean you might do that you there's nothing wrong with that you might do that on a saturday
1: but you know you've got to be consistent miss millie if you heard Ms. that millie, you're offended, sorry about you that can, you can call us but up. you
0: know it's just like it's just like me and my, the blue shirt that i'm yeah. wearing mm-hmm. i'm i'm well known that every shirt that i wear 24 7 is one of these Sanmar kind of s608s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the logo embroidered on the side yep right it's what i it's what i wear And it's on purpose, not just because it's incredibly easy and I can just go in the closet and pick things. It's on purpose. If people see me out in any of my businesses, this is what I'm wearing, it's it's easier to remember me. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what they're gonna get. They're gonna get somebody professional every single time. It's not, you know.
1: Yeah, it's so so. That's kind of part of the branding yeah. of, of the business that you're in. You know, um, so it's really important to make brand-based decisions. So any decision you're going to make about it's really everything. It's if you're going to have a storefront, you know, is if, yeah. if you're kind of. If your whole brand is cute and, and unique and quirky, yeah. then you probably don't want your storefront to be like in an industrial complex type looking yeah, place. Yeah, I like, like that. A it's big business wouldn't do that no, right No, they how, wouldn't.
0: How, how, um, how long does it take a company that's in a mall to pick a location? A long time. There are real estate agents that just do that. Yeah. That just match franchisees with the right with the right spot. You've got to be like that about all parts of your. Yep. Business. So so
1: make brand based decisions. Um, next one.
0: I, I like this. Know your expenses mm-hmm. because it's different than know what your bills are. Yeah, okay. All right. You, you know what I mean. So like a small business knows what they their bills are because they got to pay them at the end of every month. Yeah. A big business knows on the balance sheet what their expenses are because that affects the overall bottom line. So the first one is kind of the mindset of, I have to make sure I have this much money in the bank. The second one is looking at how you spend money and how that affects the profitability and the health of your business, if that makes
1: sense. Yeah, okay. So what you're saying is it's that, um, all right, so if I'm putting that together, you're saying that if that, if you're tracking everything diligently and you understand why the money is going out, not so it's understanding why the money is going out, not just having the money in the bank. Yeah, is that part of it. Yeah, too? It,
0: it is. It's it's you know my business expenses include um, uh, website costs. Mm-hmm. It includes the the software plugins. It includes business cards it includes um, quickbooks you know those are those are all my oh, okay. business expenses and there's there's
1: like it's, so there's business function expenses yes. there's maybe storefront expenses yes. there's advertising online expenses there's pr expenses staff expenses yep. so you understand everything siloed individually as a whole. Uh, this way, if you need to make some sort of adjustment, like you say, gosh, should we have a bigger store? Yeah. Or should we not have a store and just go all online? You know where all that money is versus if it's scattered. And also knowing your expenses too can also, you know, delve into knowing your income really well.
0: Too. Yeah, because if you and you can look, you know, at the end of, of 90 days, you made, you know, $50,000. And then you look and your expenses on your, in your accounting software mm-hmm. was $45,000, then you only made $5,000. Yeah. But if it was $20,000 and you look in your bank and there's only $5,000 in there, you know, the, these are things that oh, a big okay. business yeah. looks at to, to identify whether they're actually making money or not. That's the idea behind treating your expenses like a big business, is what I'm doing making me money? And in the, at the end of a quarter, at the end of a year, did I make money?
1: Yeah, and you can also, um, if you are using accounting software and you're skewing things like uh, DTG print embroidery, you can know how much each are bringing into the business. Absolutely. So you can think about reinvesting, um, whether it's time or advertising or equipment, whatever it might be. Um, So uh, a couple more to go. Um, The next one is uh, R&D research and development should just always be on your mind. So what do you what do you mean by that? So you've so you've always got to know you've got to be learning constantly. I mean that's kind of another way to rephrase it. You've Mm got to be knowing what's going on in your industry, what's going on with your equipment, the future of your equipment, the technology within your equipment, um, t-shirt technology you know what what's what's new with the apparel suppliers you're buying is there a trend on uh, how things are moving so knowing all your research and all the data Um, and developing new things for your business as well. If you're running an embroidery shop, and I know that there's folks out there, they don't know how to do hats. They never learned how to embroider hats. They tried once. Yeah, they tried once, they failed, they got frustrated, they said it's too hard, but guess what? Pretty much every hat out there is embroidered, right? So somebody's doing it, not you though. Um, So spend time every week learning how to do the hats. Yeah. You have some money put aside, to buy blank hats, you've got some time put aside to practice it, um, and you're learning how to do it. You're researching and developing, being able to do another th- piece of thing with your equipment. Yeah. Um, and it's also just different, It's and then there's also just getting creative with things. So now um, we did a video where we went out and we bought a. Bunch of different things to try to print on. Yes. All right. So you do that same thing too. Say what else? What else could I do? What else could I buy wholesale? Start thinking about that and say, I wonder if I start doing these canvas boards. Yeah. So you buy some, you try to make some. You see how they come out, how they look. You ask customers what their feedback is. That's it. So you're always researching new things. You're looking for the next big thing for you, even if you're really, really small. A really small thing might just be you haven't done hats. Yeah. So you learn how to do. That doesn't mean you're in the hat business, or you decide to be in the hat business. Right. You might do all that research, do all the work, find out what the competition is like, and say, you know what, hats aren't going to be as profitable for me as as sticking with right. the woven shirts like this. I'm just going to stick with this. Yeah. And and so the research doesn't mean you're going to do it. It gives you the the education to be able to make the good decision.
0: And for us, and maybe maybe um, for you guys too, it also has to do with. You know education and marketing like we're mm-hmm. always looking for places to learn more we're constantly doing R and D on marketing efforts you know maybe you look as a you're thinking about your business as a big business and realize that um i'm going to want to try some facebook advertising yeah you know fourth quarter i want to see if i can expand my market by using facebook so i've got three months let me start doing my research now mm-hmm. so by the time i decide yes it's not you know, $100, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, you're working up to
1: it. Yeah, you're, so you're planning and thinking. Um, so the last one we have here, um, this was something that, that you brought up, Mark. So I'm yeah. gonna give, I would like you to, to jump into it. Yeah, okay, so um, when you're doing, when
0: you're, this, this is different. Yeah. Uh, we're no longer really talking about you thinking of yourself strictly as a big business. We're thinking about you dealing with a big business, Okay. right? So for example, um, I'll use the example of Col Desi again. Okay. Um, the large, the vast majority of our customers are just like you. You're a one person or, you know, a three to five person business. Uh, most of our customers are just getting started or they're in a position where they're going to add their second machine. Mm-hmm. That's most of what we do all day. Uh, that's why it's the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, yeah. right? So, uh, but we also have historically had some amazing customers, huge customers. Mm-hmm. We've got the number three uniform company mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the world as a customer. We've had Nike and Levi's, and we've had some big franchises as a, as a customer. Well, we can't think about them the same way we think about you guys, mm-hmm. right? Because they want different things. If, if a customer walks into your shop and they want five shirts, that's a big difference between the city coming to you for 500 shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they want something different, they need something different, so you have to talk to them differently and treat their expectations differently.
1: Yeah. And um, so we've writ- we wrote down a few different things here that are just some ideas, on mm-hmm. kind of how to how to think of yourself like a big business and think of be, try to think of yourself as equals with a big business. Yeah. So you have the opportunity to get a contract with a big business. And it doesn't mean that this is, one order of 8,000 shirts that you're gonna figure out how to get the contract for and get them made, right? Um, It's about building a relationship with this big business. So I don't know what the order is gonna be, but here are some things that you can consider. Um, That their decisions are probably multi-dimensional. And so meaning that it's not necessarily just about who makes the shirt the cheapest, or, or, or who can deliver it the fastest.
0: Or how cute your design is. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Oftentimes, it's a lot of different things coming into it that, and it, depending on who's making the decision and what's the motivation for asking, for, for talking to you. Yeah. Right? So, the finding out what that, what those different dimensions are are extremely important, and it starts by qualifying them, asking them. All right, what's important to you? Are you looking for like a ultra premium apparel? Yeah. Are you trying to do this with a slim budget? Yeah. You know, figure out what is it? You know, how often are you going to be doing this? Are you, you know, um, are you looking for a one-time thing? Or is this going to happen every day or every week or month? Yeah. You find out all these things and then now you know the expectation. Yeah. So before you quote, you might immediately just go quote, oh, this is my standard shirt. All my customers like it. But if you're talking to a big business or a big brand, then they might be looking for something very, very specific. And that's when you ask that, they'll say, yeah, uh, we're a fishing shop and we've got four different stores and we wanna do our uniforms. We want our uniforms to look like 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 when somebody's going into like a like a big box store, like yeah. we want we want to look like uniformed and nice right. when people walk in because we're gonna have customers coming in here and they're gonna spend a thousand dollars in fishing stuff. Yeah, we're the experts. We want them to trust us when we recommend something for them. Yeah, so I like that. In that case, they probably want like an ultra premium shirt. Yeah, but you've yeah. got a great
0: question down here that I think is one hundred percent something that you have to ask a big business, and this is something that. Um, if you were a big, big business, you would ask, and that is, you know, obviously you're, you, you order custom apparel now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's making you make the change? Oh you yeah. Know what, mm-hmm. You know, what happened with your last vendor? And then the story that they tell you is going to tell you, it's kind of lead you to what, what the problem is. Yeah. You know, uh, we had a bad relationship with them, or they were late, or the shirts washed out, or the embroidery was crappy. Um, and that just, what that just said was, well, my company is always on time. Uh, we use higher quality shirts than anybody else in town mm-hmm. and I get the best digitizing. So the embroidery will be rock solid every time. Yep.
1: So it's finding out those dimensions of yep. what they are. Agreed. Um, uh, they might not move quickly. They and, almost never. Do yeah, that. and that's something that that's an interesting thing too. Is because the if you are a kind of a go getter salesperson type of type of a person, and you have this small business, somebody calls you up for shirts. You want them done today. You want it. You want it ready to do the order. Yeah. Then you call them the next day. Hey, what about those shirts? You know yeah. things like that. They might not be there. Ask. You need to know what their timeline is. Yeah. You know. Okay. No, we're doing this. This is a first quarter twenty twenty project. Right. Now you know. Um. And you're and there's no point in pestering them any time besides just making sure they remember you, you yeah. know, I mean, or whatever it might be. M-
0: multiple steps. When we, when we put uh, the digital heat FX printers into a uh, franchise mm-hmm. that's, you know, hopefully gonna be all around the country, it was, a, it was a multi-step process. Yeah, We had to meet the people. We had to show them the product. We had to train some of the people on their product for a sample, a few sample stores. And then we had to like help them work with the ROI, and what clothes they make you know, um, through that whole process, and in the end, they're gonna buy a bunch of stuff. But it's this process of working with the big big business that that is different than yep. just having
1: somebody walk up. And um, with that, talking about that too, the person that you're speaking to might not be the one who's making the it decision. It almost never is. You know, they might yeah. just be the research person or the idea person or, or um, you know, they're in charge of just sourcing all of the products, they're not making, manager, yeah, they're yeah. just purchasing. They don't, they're never gonna decide if they buy it or not. They're told to buy something and they do the process. Yes. So you need to find out with you know, with that, what are the motivations behind the decision? But also, who it who who is making the decision? Yes. you might not get to talk to that decision maker too. Right. And um and that's that's fine within a big business like that. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a board that's going to make the decision. You're not going to get in front of the board. So the person that you communicate with, you find out from them what needs to be delivered to the board. Yeah. How much information do you need? You know, and you go through this. You're just constantly gathering and information, asking questions.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, just as an aside. <laughs> (laughs) it's if you treat those people if if you become part of that person's team you know and start asking questions like how can we make this easy for people to make a decision oh yeah you know um, can we present the board with a sample or two Mm -hmm. you know can we um, do something with a quote or with the terms you know when you're dealing with somebody like that you're asking for information, and but the the easier that you can make that person's job, then the more likely you are to get a contract.
1: Yep, yeah. and and now you know they're on your side. Yeah, you know, they yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the last one we have here, um, they want to partner with good businesses. Yeah, so um, we've seen that at Coleman and Company where you, we get these um, larger businesses that buy supplies from us. And by the way, I mean this the the scale of all this, it doesn't mean you versus Best Buy. You know, like that, it might just be you as a, yeah, it could be that. It definitely could. It could be you as a, as a a mom and pop shop versus that um, fishing store that has 60 employees and three shops. Yeah. You know, they're much bigger than you, you know, but, and, but all these rules may still apply with them. Right. You know? so. But when it comes to big to working with bigger businesses, Coleman and Company, we have some bigger businesses we deal with, and they like the stability of the products. They like um, they like uh, knowing that they're going to get what they're going to get. They like the, building a good relationship, knowing they can contact somebody with a problem. They want to do business with good businesses because what you provide them, yeah. if is is just a part of their whole system yeah. and they don't want things breaking constantly yeah. they want stability in the business because you know a, a, a big boat you know think of it like a big boat you know it has to make a decision to turn yeah. if engines are going down it's, it's too much it's a mess right. you know they can't just run and fix something real quick and they don't want to be running and fixing things real quick so um, this big business wants a nice stable good business relationship so you have to make sure you can that you're acting and thinking that way doing everything from the above here puts you in that mindset i think yeah i i, I absolutely agree yeah um, what else do we have anything to wrap up on this yeah no, have any no nice I, words? I really
0: just um, it's it's such a useful exercise and because there's no definition here on these papers for what a big business is even if you consider yourself a big business mm-hmm. you know cuz we've got some big customers that sure. listen they do thousands of shirts a day mm-hmm you know you're you can still benefit from thinking like an even bigger business yeah because that's how you get there
1: yeah because um, you're not Google you know yeah that is like no matter how big you are, there's still Google you know and there's always there's always there's, there's always something to look up to. How does Amazon do it?
0: How yeah. does Google do it? How does Cafe press do it? Yeah you know these are these are organizations that might be worth emulating so you know if you find somebody maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe find a find a big company that you do business with, and think about how they treat you, and and what must be behind the idea um, that they get you, they deliver stuff to you on time. Yeah. Think about that. Everything that Coleman and Company does to make sure that you get that bobbin, you know what has to happen. They've got the e-commerce site that they have to maintain that has to hook into. The accounting software, that had, there's a shipping software that has to be right. The people in the warehouse have to pick the right thing. They have to put all the right paperwork in the box. They have to make sure that UPS or, or whatever shows up on time. They have to provide a tracking number with that. The customer service rep has to call to make sure, you, like all of these are, these are big business moves that we make. Yeah. You know, um, do that. Do those kind of things. Think about those th- kind of things um for your business and for your customers and you know you'll bridge that gap pretty quick.
1: Yeah, and I, and another thing is if you're doing what we've talked about in other podcasts where you're going to uh, networking events and meeting people and meeting yeah. other business owners, the chances are you'll become um you'll become friendly with somebody who is going to have a bigger business than you, however right. big that is. And uh, there's nothing wrong with asking that person at a certain point in time to say, "Hey, I'm trying to grow my business. Can can I see any part of your operation? You know, can you, can you just, uh, can I, is there someone I can talk to? Is there some tips? I'm trying to get better at marketing. There've been times where the owner of our company has had us talk to on the phone another business owner that he knows. Hey, can you talk to so-and-so, just tell them a bit about what we do for marketing. Yeah, and the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we do that and and that happens to us. So try to do that stuff too. And even if it's completely different business, I bet if you're really paying attention, you'll learn something. Absolutely. All right. Um, That sounds great. Episode 108, 108, thinking like a big business. Yeah, let's do it. Not bad. All right.
0: Hello. All right. Thanks, everybody. This has been uh, Mark Stevenson from Coldesi, and um, Mark Vila
1: from Coldesi and Coleman and Company. I like that. You guys have a great business.